Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, card collectors of all ages, now it's time for Rock'em Sock'em Hockey Cards. Here's your host, Well, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the hockey podcast that is dedicated solely to the hockey card collector. Yes, it's Rock'em Sock'em Hockey Cards. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's 2 p.m. on the East Coast. It is chilly, but I like it that way. That's hockey weather, folks. That's the way I like it. Cool and crisp. I do enjoy the summer months as well. Today we've got a tremendous show. I mean, this show could be our landmark show. Well, probably won't, but still, we don't know. This is early. Uh, you know, it's early in the season. It's early in the podcast season. It's early in the in the uh, the history of this show. So this could be the landmark show. Today, we're going to talk about the local card store, the brick and mortar, if you will, to use the parlance of the day, the brick and mortar. Yes. Which basically means your local card store, which... You know, let's face it, in the early 90s with the baseball card explosion, they were all over the place. But in the United States, they are the great white buffalo. Uh, But we were going to be talking to a man who uh, is a co-owner of a store along with his wife, Mark and Donna Rubin. We're going to be talking to Mark. He owns a store, I believe it's in Scarsdale, called... American Legends, and I want to dig deep. I want to know how it started. I want to know how you maintain it, what goes on. The I want to know everything. I mean, I am a, I am a knowledge seeker. I know my audience is always looking to be informed, and I know Mark is a big hockey fan, so that translates what I think is going to be a great show. You may be hitting hear my cat meowing in the back. She's, uh, you know, she's my co-host, if you will, for today. <laughs> so she may be vocal in the back. Uh, i like to, jo- uh, like to thank the people in the chat room. Cutter Historical is here. Uh, people are still... Uh, uh, Cutter is now saying there is a good... Car- uh, best card store near him now... Cutter is in Kitchener, Ontario, uh, so he's in Canada. You know, this is the you know the hotbed for hockey, the national sport, and there I'm sure there's a plethora of them there. Here in the states, not so much. You have to go to uh, some uh, local shows if you want to get it, but to have a store that you can go to and get your fix. That's what we're here to talk about today. And he's uh, saying, looking for heroes is this card store near him. But our hero here in the States, our hero here in New York, is American Legends. That's where you go. If you're up there in fancy dancy land, up there in Scarsdale, Hobnobbin, me on Long Island, no card stores. Zero. Zippo. I go see my friend uh, Izzy. Up in Hempstead, about 40 minutes drive from here, see Izzy Sports Cards. He has a booth at the flea market. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday only he's there. And uh, I get all my wax from there. But as far as individual cards, you got to go to the shows out here in the, uh, in, in the lower half of North America. So we will be joined by Mark Rubin soon. I want to get a couple things I'd like to talk about out of the way. We did talk about last week the cup 
the reactions to the prices for the cup in the Facebook group were hysterical. Um, yes, uh, listen, if you want to spend two grand on, you know, uh, you know, a case or, or around that or around that price, uh, feel free to, to, you know, if you got that kind of disposable income, feel free to spend it. But to me, uh, I am not going to spend money on that stuff. I like inserts and I like collecting, and that's uh, just too high end for my my hockey card palette. All right, let's get uh, let's go over briefly what's happening in the National Hockey League at the moment. Um, uh, we are still uh, a little some some changes. I mean, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the goals goes, I mean, Nikita Kucherov is still atop with 13 goals. John Tavares. Creeping in. Contract year? I don't know. The Islanders are going to have to sign this guy. He's got 12 goals so far. It's a little bit of a sluggish start. Only five helpers, which uh, to me is a little bit uncharacteristic of John. He's usually settling, uh, setting up other people. Ovechkin uh, yeah, got off with those two double hat tricks, but he's only got 10 goals. Austin Matthews of the Leafs. With 10 goals. And young Clayton Keller, who's making his appearance in the 2017-18 sets with nine goals, including one against my beloved New York Rangers. Alone in the desert with the Arizona Coyotes. Nine goals. Sean Couturier, Logan Couture. I see Brad Marchand is ratcheting it up again. There's a guy who's really... Uh, coming to his own, and Mika Zabinajad with eight goals as well, five on the power play. So there goes your little your goal scorers, the point total guys. Uh, Steven Stamkos still uh, with like twenty four. Jaden Schwartz with seventeen. I mean, you can go read this on the internet. You really don't need me to recap it, but I just like the. Like, you know, I like to do like a whole National Hockey League refresher or an update. As far as the rookies go, Clayton Keller from this year's set, uh, set well, he's at least an artifact. I don't, remember, I'm not, I don't know if he's in Young Guns. I forget. I'm going to have to look that up again. I forget from week to week. But he's got nine goals. The great Will Butcher from the Devils, 12 assists. I know he's going to have a card in upper deck. Jesper Bratt. Where did this guy come from? From the Devils, a left winger, five goals, six assists. Uh, the Devils are doing very well, much to my chagrin, uh, with some youth. Mikhail Zergachev, who was in the Jonathan Druin trade last year, now a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. His car can be found in last year's set. Uh, doing very well. Uh, He's uh, a guy that has four goals and seven assists for a D-man. Not too shabby. So we went over a couple of the uh, the rookos, as they say. And then we're going to look at just at the team-wise. Some of these teams are surprising. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay, 10-2. and two. Uh, New Jersey, 9-3. and three. Uh, I mean... The Islanders seven and five. Uh, you got some surprising teams in there. Detroit uh, rebounding and they're under five hundred, but still uh, they've got thirteen points. There's some teams. Uh, Ottawa. I really thought they kind of were a one trick. Uh, how about the Flyers? The Flyers, even with fifteen points. And then you got your all uh, the teams there, the bottom feeders. Uh, we won't mention them, but. Uh, uh, Montreal, Florida, Buffalo, Carolina, and the Rangers. So um, we are we gonna uh, Rangers got their defining view. Oh, Carter saying the Rangers got their defining victory Thursday. Uh, listen, I'm not going to dispute that the Rangers' victory over Tampa Bay was uh, something uh, possibly to build on, but their uh, their their, their identity is still waning. I don't understand uh, really what they're all about, and they've got some flaws defensively. So we'll see where that turns out. Hey, listen, 
a win is a win is a win is a win, as they say. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to the Sunvet Mall. I uh, will be appearing there uh, along with Keith Hernandez. Well, actually, I'm not on the bill with Keith Hernandez, but uh, he will be there at the same time. Uh, Sunvet Mall, they're having a card show there I'm going to attend. I think Keith will be uh, will be uh, signing there for, of course, some cash. Um but listen, that's uh, that's how it works. People don't do things for free anymore. Actually, they do if somebody pays them to do it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, what else did I have to say? Yeah, so I'm going to be there. Uh, my friend has promised me that there will be three tables of hockey cards for me to look at in order to purchase. Um, I... Uh, I told him that also bring the inserts as well because um, you have to – I love inserts and I love stars from yesteryear, all years. I like to pick through them and and get them so I can trade them later. I'm I'm part of a lot of hockey card trading groups. So uh, I like to do that uh, as well. So, um, and I'll get some details for that uh, for you. I'd like to thank everybody at Sports Card Forum. I'd like to thank Scott over there for uh, giving me the shout-outs and rocking and rolling with me uh, over there at Sports Card Forum. Um, So there's a lot going on. I'm excited about going to this hockey card show, man. I got to tell you, I haven't been to one in a while. The, the f- I think I've been to this Sunvet Mall one once, and uh, I will. I'll let you know. I may do. Maybe I'll do a live show from there. Would that be something? Well, uh, so you know, we're going to see how it, it pans out. It should be pretty good time. I want, maybe I should. Have, I know Keith Hernandez is, was into Stratomatic baseball. I wonder if he's into hockey card collecting or baseball card collecting. So we'll see. Have to see with that. Uh, soon to join us, Mark Rubin of American Legends, uh, a local card store, and we'll be talking about that. Uh, waiting for Mark to call in, and we have. I, I thought this was kind of an interesting article. As just a uh, an aside, as far as the NHL.com put the, uh, the 10 most intriguing NHL storylines so far this month. Uh, Vegas being the best expansion team ever. Maybe a little too fast on that because now Vegas has lost three in a row. Uh, uh, so we don't know. that. Another thing is the electrifying line mates, which we talked about, Stamkos and Kucherov. Uh, three of the young devils, they got Heshier, they've got, uh, these, uh, Will Butcher, they've got, uh, all, all these guys, the Kings have bounced back, offense is up, uh, so far the average goals uh, through 197 games played up to this article was 6.1, that's almost as high as, the 2005-06 game totals, which was 6.2. So, uh, that's it. I mean, I don't know. I'm more of a proponent of high-scoring games. I think it's, 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 it's a lot more fun. I do enjoy a close-knit game. But uh, save that stuff for the playoffs. Regular season, I want to see goals. I want to see skill. That's what I want to see. I'll make sure that I'm provided with that NHL. So we got that. Uh, Carey Price has not been good. That was the number six story so far. Carey Price uh, has not been uh, good, and the price has not been right. Let's face it. Uh, The Blues, the Blues playing well. As I've mentioned, uh, Clayton Keller in the desert, uh, leading the Coyotes. With a very good rookie season. Can't wait to see the stuff, the product that comes out on him. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, uh, 
38 years old, playing with the Leafs. Uh, why that's a story, I have no idea. And the Oilers not playing so well. So there you have your hockey update from an American. Because you guys in Canada, you know all this stuff. But basically, I was, I was basically filling time until I could get the great Mark Rubin on the phone. And plus, I'm trying to be the informative, uh, you know, conversationalist that I am as well for the people listening at home. Chat room is now packed. And I believe we have the great Mark Rubin in queue. I can't wait to talk to this young man uh, about his wonderful store, American Legends. Mark, are you there? I'm here. Mark, I am so glad you are here. And uh, I'd like to welcome you to Rock'em Sock'em Hockey Cards. Good to be here. Although, first of all, I'm great and I'm young. These are two things I had no idea. Everybody is great and young compared to me. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. But uh, I mean, I, now, first off the bat, I mean, what, were you a hockey car collector? First of all, tell us where your store is, and let's get all that out of the way. Uh, and, sure. Uh, uh, sure. Go ahead. So our store, our store is American Legends, and we're on Central Avenue in Scarsdale, New York. And um, actually, we're going to be celebrating our store's 25th anniversary a week from today, on November 11th. And um, if anyone's in the neighborhood next Saturday, we're giving away over $2,500 worth of prizes uh, during the day. And we'll even be serving a delicious um, anniversary cake of uh, chocolate. So uh, if you're in the neighborhood, please stop Oh, oh, oh. you mentioned chocolate cake. I'm there. I mean, uh, (laughs) let's face it. I like to partake in that. Well, that's great. 25 years in the business. I mean, that is, uh, let me see, I'm trying to think. So what year is that? i got to do my math. Uh, 20, uh, uh, 19, 1992. Uh, 1992. So you were there shortly after the boom of cards took over uh, this nation, really. I mean, uh, you know, 1990s were, uh, early 90s were, a, and uh, late 80s were like when the card boom really started uh, yeah i was, I was actually working um i got out of college in 87 and i was working for another place for uh for five years before we opened and the particularly the late 80s were just insanity i mean i heard a, a story where i think in 1987 or 88 tops produced over 200 million of every uh regular issued baseball card that just kind of gives you an idea wow. of how how booming the industry was back then and I, um, I think, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I just, I, my first wax box, well, they called them wax boxes now, but my first hobby box I think I bought was baseball, actually. It was a 1987 Fleer box. And I think the Kevin Seitzer rookie was the... <laughs> That's a good memory, yes. Yeah. yeah, it was the big hit. But then it turned out that Barry Bonds later was in that set, I think, as well. You're but, correct uh, again. Yeah, it, it was it was an exciting time, and, you know, what happened was, again, it, it got too crazy, and it, it busted, basically. There were a lot of card stores popping up everywhere, and it, it just kind of got, I, I don't know, I assume, you know, you mentioned the Topps products being so massively produced that it just got it just there was just too much product out there and and and, and not enough it, it got to be too much and it got to the point where when people bought 10 or 20 of something and then you have everyone doing this and then when people try to sell it back six months later and there just aren't enough buyers then it like in some ways it was just a house of cards that kind of collapsed on itself and then once the the baseball strike lockout of 94 happened I think a lot of people got turned off, and that really, it, it kind of bled the industry a little bit. Right. That, that's, you know, I didn't even think about that. And it was funny because in the beginning of the 90s, you know, I was, I was into hockey. I was never really a baseball guy. So when hockey, upper deck hockey, came on the scene, 
uh, and now we're talking about pre-internet. There was no, you know, uh, internet. Uh, you, I used to get my scores from the newspaper, the box scores, and you sure. could find out who the the hot guys were, and then go and you would deal with dealers that didn't know hockey. They had just, and you would search for bargains, uh, and uh, that's how I used to operate. I think a lot of people did that. I mean, there, also, you know, when you're talking in the early 90s, that's when you started to have the uh, basically the big influx of uh, Russians and uh, Eastern European players, um, and a lot of people just had no idea who Pavel Bure was or Timu Solani, and, you know, mm-hmm. those who were fortunate enough to know enough about hockey could kind of jump right on that and, uh, and get rookies of guys that baseball dealers didn't really know who they were. And it's funny because... At the time, the cards, the cards there were, you could make a profit on the cards, but now, in retrospect, those cards were so massively produced and people kept them, they're worth virtually nothing, really. I mean, considering the magnitude yeah, that, of the player. No, no, absolutely. We're, you know, you're definitely talking about an era of massive overproduction. So as, as part of our anniversary, we, we wanted to give away a bunch of boxes of cards that were produced in 92, but we have just tons of Upper Deck and Parkhurst. And, you know, these are boxes that back then retailed for 25 30 40 bucks, And now we sell them for 5 or $10 a box. And even then, you know, you sell one a week, one every two weeks. So how did you, how did you decide? I know you and your wife are both co-owners of American Legends. I've been there several times. The top notch place to be you got memorabilia you got all kinds of stuff when did you when did you decide to break out on your own and 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 how did that all all come about yeah we were working at another place and uh we had a very very minority ownership and things were being done not the way that we wanted them to be done so we you know we decided let you know listen let we could do this on our own um i'd pretty much been running this other place for about four or five years so um, it just kind of worked out, and, and we left the other place in September of 92, and we were open within two months. And um, actually, uh, we had met Darren Turcott, a former, former Rangers center, uh, when he had walked into the other place we were at. And, of course, being a hockey fan, I was probably the only person who recognized him. And we became you know, friendly, and when we were looking for an investor, um, my wife Donna said, well, you know, Darren's into cards. Why don't we ask him? And we asked him, and he said yes. So it, it worked out great. Really, I, I I did not know that Darren Turcott is he still part of the uh, the organization as they say up in Canada? No, he's not. He um when he got traded from the Rangers, he'd moved around a couple of times, so we wound up buying him out uh, probably about three or four years after we opened. But we still run into him from time to time at the Garden, or actually one time we even ran into him in Las Vegas. Um, so uh, no, and he's still into cards and uh, still still a good guy. That's great. I interviewed Darren Turcott, and the only thing I remember from that interview was that he said sometimes he wakes up and he thinks that he can still play the game, and then he says, wait, and then he goes out and he'll like start to jog or train, and then his <laughs> knees start hurting, and then, and then he remembers that he, he can't play. Like, he has <laughs> dreams that he still can play, like at night, but the reality is that the body is, is, is not cooperating. He's over so 50, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, so... But uh, so you guys opened the store. Now, a lot of people, I've got to tell you, that from the collector's point of view, people used to get turned off by stores because they, the prices were not really competitive to what they could get at a show. Like, they couldn't really haggle. The prices were kind of set in stone. Can you tell me what, what goes in? Because you know, I... I imagine there's a, this overhead that the collector doesn't even think about or the customer doesn't even think about that goes into running a store like yours. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, and, and, and of course, the, the market and the retail landscape has changed so much over the last 25 years, whereas shows were a main threat to us back then. Now they're really not. But, of course, now you have the Internet, which is there 24-7. And, I mean, just from a practical standpoint, very few, if any, stores can compete with an online price. Obviously, if you have little or no overhead, you're going to have cheaper prices than a, than a brick and mortar, which has 
you know, an infinite amount of costs that a uh, that an internet store does not. And I mean, uh, quite frankly, our prices are going to be higher on on unopened boxes of cards than an internet store. But we like to think we provide enough service and a pleasant enough shopping experience. And and in addition. There are areas that we can compete actually quite effectively on price, and that would be on on vintage trading cards. Um, since we are big buyers of those, um, we can sell those at a price that does compete with with internet retailers. Yeah, I mean, and also, what I, I have a card store. That's kind of a card store, but it's you know now it's a whole mishmash. I got Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I got this card. These people have got you know. <laughs> there's Legos. There's everything in this store, but there is. Uh, there's something for the brick and mortar store for the guy like me who's got you know an extra ten bucks, twelve bucks in his pocket, saying, "Listen, I want to go. I need my fix. I need to go down. I need to look at cards, think about buying cards, or actually buy a cards, uh, buy cards." So, do you get it? Like, I mean, do you have? I'm mean, sure you have regulars and guys, people who have been coming to you for years. Definitely, we have you know we have the the one a week types, we have the the two times a week customers, and then others that we may only see once or twice during the year. But we you know it's it's amazing as as we've kind of prepared for this anniversary, we've been going through old photos and and looking at some people, and and you know some of them may only come in every four or five years, but sometimes again people may be driving by and they'll see the sign and they're like yeah you know cards, and now their kids are into it. And they want to get them into it because it's what they did when they were the same age. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of nice just to kind of keep going along and, and seeing who else is, is is a fan and a collector. Um, and, and a lot of people like to continue the tradition with their children. Yeah. And I think that's card collecting in general. is It can be a really good family thing. I think it teaches you a lot uh, organizational skills. Uh, there's numbers involved if you're a set collector. Uh, it's an extension of your fandom, as uh, you know, depending on if you collect teams and the players from that team. Uh, so I think I think it's a great, I think it's a good, healthy hobby, and I think that's what you're promoting. You're promoting good health, good family well-being with your uh, with your store, and that's great. And you're very personal, and your wife is very personal, and I, I think that's also very key to having a store like that. Because if you've got a grumpy Gus there behind the counter, which I've dealt with, people aren't coming back. I mean, you know. No, for uh, sure. And so, I mean, go ahead. No, I was going to say, our industry is kind of, you know, kind of gets a bad rap for that, um, and, and, and rightly so, um, which is kind of why when we started out, um, myself and my wife, and we actually, when we opened, we had another employee, Greg. Uh, we all had kind of similar personalities. All three of us are outgoing. We're, we're, we, we all like to talk. We love people. So it just kind of it, it, it enabled us to have a retail environment, which was kind of different from a lot of the other stores that were around. Well, certainly were around in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would imagine so. And now. You as a collector, are, are you still actively collect, or is it just basically you, you know you're handling you're so busy with the business end that it, it it's it's tough? That, that's actually a really good question. When um, when we opened the store, I, I had two really large segments of things that I collected. I collected Tom Seaver cards, and I had a very extensive Ranger collection of cards and publications. So when we opened the store. Hockey was big, but it wasn't as big as baseball, and we obviously needed some money, so I sold my entire Seaver collection, and I've, I've never actually rebuilt it. Um, the Ranger collection I've continued um, to add to. Uh, I pretty much have most of the vintage cards that I want to have, and then I have a, a Ranger publication collection, which includes every um, uh, yearbook they've ever put out and uh, playoff programs going back to the 1920s. There's still a bunch that I need in um, the non-Madison Square Garden arenas, um, and occasionally one or two come up in auction during the year. And if it's a time of the year when I have a little extra money, I'll treat myself. But you know, otherwise, at this point, I, my collecting days have kind of ended. I, I I don't really add to what I have, but but I haven't sold off anything. Now, <clears throat> I've had the great Russ Cohen on this show. And now, he, Russ now, there, Cohen now there is a great man. <laughs> Yes, there's a great man. 
Uh, Russ Cohen is also a Tom Seaver collector. Have you guys uh, cross-pollinated, so to speak, with your your uh, Seaver collection? Yeah, actually, he got um, he got a Seaver rookie from us a few years ago, and um, I had an extra ticket stub from Seaver's 300th win, which I gave to him because I knew he, he he needed it, and I actually had two, so I figured might as well give him one. Oh, wow. Well, you're very generous. Very generous. Very generous man, <laughs> Mark Ruman. He is. Yes. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, where do you see the card collecting going? Do you, do you see? Well, give it to me as far as the breakdown in sports. When you when people come into your shop and they're looking for new product, uh, what are they what are they looking for? I would say if probably fifty percent. Fifty percent would be baseball. And then the other three sports would probably be all tied for number two. Um, basketball is like kind of the wild card in the sense if there's a really big rookie like this year with ball, it's a big deal. Otherwise, it, it just doesn't have the same effect. Whereas hockey and football, I think the loyalty that people have to their teams is such that it kind of keeps the collectors coming in. Um, basketball, it's more about the player. So when LeBron was big and when Kobe was big, you you saw just a huge influx of people. If there's not a big rookie class, it just doesn't really matter. But, but hockey, you know, certainly the McDavid and, and Austin Matthews classes were, were huge helps, but, but even setting those two aside, you usually have a steady amount of hockey collectors who are going to buy regardless of who the big rookie is, or even if there isn't a big rookie. Right, I think th- I think both those sports have a very rabid fan base, as where I mean I'm not saying you know I'm not discounting basketball, but I could see, especially with the Knicks not doing so well. Yeah, uh, they've been terrible you know, for so long. Right, I think that certainly curtails the the basketball mania. Now, I have to ask you this because I'm bound by law to do it to do so. <laughs> are you are you a licensed upper deck seller? Not that yes. I'm working for Upper Deck. Okay, because <laughs> there are a lot of people that uh, I deal with that aren't. And when did this come about? Uh, in order to sell Upper Deck products, you have to be a licensed dealer. Now, what, what does that entail, and, and when did they, they implement that? It was a few years ago. I think it was more for, for, for their online business. I think they, they didn't want people blowing out the product online um and because unfortunately in our our business you have a lot of people who buy one product i'm talking about uh, retailers or online sellers who buy a product are just trying to get in and get out and just make a few bucks and wind up selling it for maybe 10 percent over cost and it's kind of unfortunate for the people who are actually trying to retail it and 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 create a long-lasting shelf life for the product. So I think that was kind of their their rationale for doing this. So you had to have some type of certification to sell the product online. And then there's still, for the brick-and-mortar stores, they have um, embargo dates. So if a product's supposed to come out or be released, say, on, on Friday the 10th, you can't put it out before that. And if you get caught, you you know you pretty much are, right. aren't going to be carrying that product again. Now, is there? I think, I mean, I no think fee- at the end of the day, it's good for the industry. Right. Well, I, uh, now that I understand it better, it sounds good. There's no fee or anything that's attached to this uh, at all. No, no. Oh, okay. So it's just basically to regulate the the product and when it's released. I mean, and make to ensure it's released all at the same time. And, and and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's funny because human nature being what it is, uh, Upper Deck's done, uh, well, in conjunction with the NHL, uh, National Hockey Card Day for the last bunch of years, and they send around these special packs that are supposed to be given out to, to the customers who either come in or make a purchase. And, it's a, you know, it's a good promotion. It drives business into the stores. But, unfortunately, what you had is people, when they were getting the packs early, were selling the packs on eBay or breaking the packs open and selling the singles on eBay, like, three or four days before the release. And uh, that's, just in, that's just in no one's interest. So I'm kind of glad they right. stepped in and tried to police things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it defeats the purpose of driving people into the store and, and uh, you know, getting the people who are passionate about the hobby or 
potentially could be passionate about the hobby, and, uh, you know, it, it solely defeats the purpose. So I could see them stepping in there. All right. I got my answer to that. I was always wondering <laughs> that because my, the guy I deal with, it, he, like I mentioned, my friend uh, Izzy, well, now that I've, now I've outed Izzy, uh, Izzy, uh, Izzy isn't a licensed dealer, so he has to get his stuff from a licensed dealer. Right. So I don't know if he pays extra for that or whatever, but uh, I don't know what goes he's on. He's probably paying Sorry, a little bit he... more because, yeah, he's probably just he's one more uh, you know bump in the supply chain, so more than likely he's paying a little bit more. Okay. Now, uh, as far as the hot cards, what are some of the hot hockey cards that you have seen come through? Uh, maybe you. I, I mean, I, it sounds like you're a vintage collector of hockey cards. You're more into the vintage. You're not more into the flavor of the month, the flavor of the year. Uh, I don't imagine you have a lot of uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins rookies, uh, you know, piled up somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, what are some of the hot cards that you've seen? Last year was a big year in hockey cards. Uh, the, it was know, huge. 2016. It was huge. 2016-17 season was it's great. No, it's incredible. Like actually, the last two years have just been amazing between Matthews, McDavid, and Eichel, and you know, you know, even even the Rangers had a couple of rookies who potentially could be valuable. God forbid. Um, yes. No, it's just it, it's it's it's. I occasionally will open up some packs of like the current release if there's a hot rookie. I don't have the greatest luck, so I probably have opened a few boxes of packs the last like two or three years and haven't gotten any McDavid's or or Matthews. Um, I, I do prefer vintage. Um, it, I, I, I do like when we pick up an older collection. I mean, we bought many large complete set collections from the 50s and even going back to the 30s. And, and actually, about a year ago, someone sold us um, a near set of the C55 tobacco set uh, of hockey cards. And there was just some, just some great stuff in there. And, um, you know, I picked up a Bobby Orr rookie about about a month ago. Uh, always a great card to oh. have. And uh, it's funny, actually, you talk about collecting and just the, 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 price, the price of things. Uh, I bought for my own collection back in 1982 uh, an Orr rookie, and at the time I paid $15 for it. Um, I, I had it for years and years, and I finally submitted it to one of the grading companies, uh, PSA to be specific, and it came back okay. as a seven, which is which is near mint. Um, currently, in the condition it's in, it's worth about thirteen thousand um, dollars. Wow! And, you know, thir- Thirty-five years ago, it was twelve dollars. Amazing! You deserve an air horn for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big much. hit right there. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it's funny. There's a lot of you know. The, it, I mean, people have stories like that, you know, where they before the the the, the you know the whole craze started. And I I'm just a I'm just love stories like that. And uh, and I'm looking. You mentioned this C55 set, right? This is a yeah. a, a, to, a tobacco set, right? This mm-hmm. is from 1911. Yep, that's right. And it's got some of like some of the all-time greats. Of hockey are in the set. I, I, I'm looking at it right here. I got it right in front of me. Look at this. It's got Sprague yeah, Cleghorn. George Vezina, Art Ross. I mean, they have I mean, guys whose trophies were named after. I mean, think about that. That is amazing. It's got two Cleghorns. It's got Sprague <laughs> Cleghorn and Odie Cleghorn's rookie. And I've been looking right. for that. I've been looking <laughs> for that. <laughs> You got uh, Art Ross. You were right. A guy named uh, uh, Wow, man, that's Newsy Lalonde. Oh, I love it. This is fantastic. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to take a look next time I'm down there. You got it? Oh, you don't have it on premises, but still. No, we, no, we do. Yeah, we, we we still have probably probably about ten or fifteen of the cards left. Look, Barney Holden's in this. I wonder if he's related to Nick Holden. <laughs> probably skates faster Barney. than him. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Rangers! Oh, the heartbreak! Oh, but you listen. I mean, you're you're you know you know the trials and tribulations. You know the drill. So uh, I I saw the one cup for my lifetime, so I'm happy. Yes, the same thing with me. 
I mean, uh, I saw it. I went to the parade. I experienced it to the fullest. That's all I need. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, so, so you got a big acquisition there with the ore rookie. You're into the vintage cards. So back to my original question before I close you out, because, I mean, you've been a terrific guest. I mean, learned a lot, getting to know you. And, and I think people are really interested, you know, especially in the United States. There's no stores around anymore. There's nothing. There really aren't. I mean, no. there really aren't. You're like the, the great white buffalo. I mean, you are <laughs> the, you know, you know, you, you know, this is what people are looking for. I mean, if I had a, a place to go to, like I said, I have a small little store, but it's got like 10 different things going on. I like uh, sports. Not, uh, like I said, Legos and Lord of the Rings figures <laughs> and all whatever they got. I mean, it's a whole thing now. But I, I... You know, I see that the the retailer has to. What is going on here? Somebody's moving here. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> you know, I I understand the retailer. They got to make money. They got They pay rent. They the lights. The you know the uh, employees and all this stuff. So I I get why they have to kind of be diverse in what they sell. So. You, so in the last two years, you were saying uh, you've seen a lot of the, the the hockey with the McDavid's and, and and I would assume that Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews probably been the most sought after cards in the last couple of years. Easily since since the Crosby Ovechkin rookie class. And it's funny, you know, and also it's it's amazing how the, the hobby has changed from rookie cards to patch cards. To material cards, to signature cards. At one time, the rookie card was the be-all, be end-all of hockey, you know, hockey card collectors. But now, the rookie cards are—they're good to have. But uh, the, the chase cards, the, the material cards, are the ones everybody's after. Yeah, and actually, what they've kind of done too is um, the last bunch of years they've kind of incorporated both concepts. So now a lot of the key rookies happen to be autographed. Um, so, you know, right. why have him just a McDavid rookie when you could have an autographed McDavid rookie? Right. And then it, it also depends whether it's a sticker or it's hard sign. Right. So they really, they really did come up with a, with a marketing strategy that just made the, you know, you know kudos to those guys. They came up with a business model that just exploded. Uh, no, it did. And, and if you look even um, Upper Deck, besides their, their base brand, they've, they've put out, for those who, who aren't that familiar, they have a high-end product called The Cup. And um, McDavid in 2015-16 and um, Matthews last year both have rookie cards with, um, which are autographed and have a patch, and they're numbered to 99. And just to kind of give you an idea of the value, right now the McDavid one goes for – like sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars, and the Matthews one goes for about ten to twelve. So, I mean, that's really an, in, an insane amount of money for a modern card. Oh yeah, and uh, what's a, a three a three ten case goes for like two grand. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's I you know I, I have a, a listen. If you've got that kind of disposable income, God bless you. But uh, I I'm I'm cheap. That's it. That's what I'm going to say right now. I am not going to throw my money at hockey cards like that. Even if I and plus, like you mentioned that you have bad luck. I have terrible luck. My luck is horrible opening cards. Well, I really shouldn't say that. Uh, I'm pretty decent. But, uh, yeah, I don't have the kind of money to buy that. And do you really think there is a buyer out there that's going to be paying fifteen grand for a Conor McDavid card? You know what it or, is? There are, or there in your, are, or enough, your, I was going to say, well, or well, if in it's, your if it's experience, to, have you seen that? Yeah, you know, when when you're talking about cards that are numbered to 99 or less and it's a card that's that desirable, as crazy as it sounds, there's going to be a market because the bottom line is there, there are a lot of people with a lot of money and they want to show their friends that they have the best toy in the, in the land. And, you know, if you have that McDavid or uh-huh. that Matthews, it's certainly, you know, certainly some bragging rights attached to it. Well, Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure. You have enlightened me where others have failed about <laughs> the 
sports, <laughs> the sport, sports trading business, the sports card business, the uh, the American legends in Scarsdale, New York, where they hobnob up there. I heard it's a, it's a very nice neighborhood up there, uh, oh, Scarsdale. Yeah, a lot of people want to get the best toy in the land, so to speak. Uh, so <laughs> you're in a good, you're in a good place there. I want to thank you so much for. Uh, spending time now tell us a little about the anniversary again and what's going to be going on and mention the chocolate cake for my listeners they love food oh absolutely so uh next saturday november 11th uh from 11 to 6 uh, we'll be open celebrating our store's 25th anniversary at american legends 1107 central park Avenue, scarsdale if you want to call us it's 914-725-2225 and we're giving away over 2500 dollars worth of prizes throughout the day um, some great stuff. We have uh, uh, so a lot of our vendors and the, some of the manufacturers have donated. Uh, we'll be giving away boxes of cards, autographed merchandise, and uh, we're uh, providing a 19.992% discount off every single item in the store all day long. And if you wow. have a chance to come by, have some delicious uh, chocolate cake. Um, so I chocolate highly recommend cake. it. Okay. And what are we, the we have a special customized again? anniversary cake, so... The, nice. We'll be carving the cake about one thirty, so don't be late. All right, you may you may just see me up there. I tell <laughs> you, I mean I've got a show scheduled, but I could always do it if, on another day, or you know. So uh, you may just see me up there, Mark Rubin. Well, oh, Mark, thanks again. Uh, I, thanks so much for joining me and 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 imparting the knowledge to the Rock'em Sock'em hockey card fan. And uh, and our listeners, I appreciate you taking the time. I and mean, we've been talking here for about a good half hour, which has been great. I mean, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you having me on, and, uh, and it was great. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care, Mark. You too, Ed. Be well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. The great Mark Rubin. There you have it, folks. I tell you. I learned a lot today, man. That 25th anniversary, I think I'm going to go. I may just film that and put it on the old YouTube. Instead of doing a show, what, they got the free cake. They got the, the discount. They got the cards. They got the, they got everything. This is going to be a lot of set. I don't know. I mean, why not go? Tomorrow I'm going to that uh, Sudvet Mall. And, and, you know, Upper Deck Hockey Seri- uh, Series 1 comes out this weekend, too. Oh, boy, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to uh, save my fishnagels here. There's a lot of money I'm going to be dealing out. Jeez. Oh, listen. I got an extra 200 bucks in my pocket. My wife doesn't know I still have it, though. I'll have to clear it with her. You don't want to do anything, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, underhanded when it comes to the wife. But maybe she'll let me get a couple boxes up her deck. We'll see. I, uh, I will, I hope, and I'll let you, I'll post what I get when I open the boxes on the Facebook page. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, we don't have any callers in queue. Uh, the chat room is not very chatty. Uh, and I don't think that's a reflection of uh, uh, the wonderfulness of this show. I just think at this point, it's a Saturday afternoon. People are doing things so live. Uh, you know, it, it's a great show. But I, I know this. I've been looking at the listenership, and the podcast listens after the show have been tremendous. I mean, more than I expected. You know, uh, this is a, a, a fairly new show, a show that uh, uh, I'm starting up by myself. I do another show called Blue Shirt Underground Radio with the great Jim Schmiederberg that is wildly, wildly accepted. And loved, beloved by Ranger fans. Um, And uh, this is my own little side project, if you will. And we're doing very well. 
And uh, we're trying to build a community here and, and get everybody from all angles of the business in here. So um, now, if you want to follow me on Facebook, obviously go to Rock'em Sock'em Hockey Cards. Just look it up. Join the group. I'll approve you. No big whoop. You've got me on Twitter, posting my cards, posting the quips, posting the uh, shows, when they're going to links to the shows. That's at Rock'em Sock'em HC. I'm doing the multimedia thing. I'm on a social media thing. I'm all over the place. Tomorrow, Sunvet Mall. I'll be there with Keith Hernandez. Not signing. But uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ed's Penalty Box. Now, that's a different Ed. But Ed's Penalty Box, is a he's a dealer, and he's going to be there. Uh, if you want to follow him, at Ed's Penalty Box. He's there. He's going to have three tables of hockey cards there tomorrow. Maybe for this spot, for talking about him, he'll give me something for free. I doubt it. He's a wrestling fan. He'll have wrestling cards. He's a Ranger Giant Met fan. Uh, I think I've talked to this gentleman before. So uh, we're going to go down there uh, tomorrow. And uh, so if you can get down to the Sunvet Mall in Long Island, be there or be square. Boy, I feel like I've really uh, totally covered the spectrum and and really got all I wanted to know about the LCS, the local card store that I needed to know. I feel that my tank is full and I feel like uh, this is basically the ending of the show. I mean, there's nothing else to discuss. I mean, I, I've, I've done it all. I done, I've done everything I wanted to do today. Uh, the, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk hockey cards. Uh, we even got some baseball card talk in there. With, uh, you know, talking about my my Kevin Seitzer rookies. But uh, Series 1's coming out next week. It's going to be a big, big, big show. I don't know what day it's going to be. I may be down at American Legends in Scarsdale next week. So maybe we'll do the show on a uh, Monday or a Tuesday. We'll see. I thank everybody for listening. I thank everybody in the chat room. We've rocked and rolled. We've succeeded where others have failed. This is your friend Edward Geig signing off, signing out for Rock'em Sock'em Hockey Cards.